Hello, hello, and welcome to the Maleko and Flash podcast. I'm Maleko. Hey, I'm Flash. And today we are broadcasting live from the Bishop Museum in beautiful Honolulu, Hawaii, uh, for the first ever installation of Pow Wow, the first decade from Hawaii to the world. And today we'll be talking to the founder of Pow Wow, Hawaii, Jasper Wong. And we're going to be talking to the Bishop Museum, talking about how this incredible exhibit came to be. And uh, it's going to be an exciting show, Flash, if you'll ever start paying attention. Uh, I never pay attention to you, Maleko. I'm, right. I'm too I'm too taken by all this amazing. Look at, you look, you look like a tourist art. with your with your phone there. You're I, taking I some Instagrams and everything. This 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 is the most Instagram worthy place on the face of the earth right now. It actually is, and of course, Pow Wow's always been an Instagram friendly installation. Uh, it, it originated in Kakaako, painting the ugly warehouse walls of the streets and turning them into beautiful art. Uh, and today, uh, we get to look back at all the many years of art and artists that have been there. Uh, and uh, we get to talk to the founder of Pow Wow, which was originally just Pow Wow Hawaii and now Pow Wow Worldwide. It's a nonprofit organization of contemporary artists. Uh, they're committed to education and community enrichment, uh, a lot of beautiful art and appreciation throughout the communities. It's centered around murals, of course. It's centered around art, and it's a global network of artists. It organizes exhibitions, lecture series. Uh, it brings art back into schools, uh, community spaces, live art installations, and so much more, not just in Hawaii, but around the world. How wow worldwide. How wow worldwide. And tonight, uh, today, Bishop Museum is bringing you this fantastic new exhibit, one of a kind, never been done here before. It is Pow Wow here at the Bishop Museum. And ladies and gentlemen, please meet the founder, Jasper Wong. Thank you so much, Jasper. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> Thanks, Maleko. Thanks, Flash. That's We're so nice. happy to have you with us today. Um, we've talked to you on the show before. We've talked mm -hmm. about Pow Wow before. Um, but this is truly an incredible thing to see. You, you can't explain it. I don't think mm -mm. video is really going to no. do this justice. Uh, how long have you been thinking about bringing Pow Wow to a museum for an exhibit like this? For years, for many years, uh, we've tried to push this exhibition, this concept to other museums, and it, it, it always got turned down. They, they were turning what, it down. Mm -hmm. what, was the down. original concept for Pow Wow, did you want it to be in museums originally and you were forced to take it to the streets? No, no. It was, it was to the streets first. It was to try to like, get art back to the people, take it into the communities, and liven it up through public art. And when we spoke last time, um, you talked about uh, having powwow in other countries and how you were bringing art uh, to different communities around the world. Um, in all of those communities, it was, it was the same concept. It was mural art on the street, right? Yes, correct. Was there ever a gallery installation of any kind? Yes, yes. Actually, this isn't our first museum That's what I thought. Right? Yeah, this is like probably like number five or six. Okay. Um, but it's the first one in Hawaii. Excellent. Where, yeah. where were the others? Uh, in Long Beach. Um, in Lancaster, California, mostly all in California. Excellent. And today, of course, uh, this, this exhibition is going on until September. Um, it, uh, it went up, and before, you know, usually when an art gallery happens, a lot of people, the artists will create at home and bring and install and, and put in there and maybe do a few pieces in-house. It's also basically just like four walls. Sure, and you know. It's, it's, a, it's a whole different concept. From what I saw in the making of video of this, uh, the art was all created right here on the spot uh, with sets that you build. Talk about that. So this building is called the Castle Building and is normally split between just two large empty spaces. And when we first came to the space, we felt 
that we walked in and if we didn't try to like build a path, a walking path around the space, like people will, will be able to absorb everything way too fast. Mm. We wanted mm -hmm. people to explore, we wanted it to be more immersive and also to speak on the history of, of graffiti, of the culture. And so we felt that this initial setup here with the, with the buildings, with the bodega and the tattoo shop and the record store, that that could speak to the history of graffiti, going back to like the 60s and 70s, where it all began. Um, where at that time, kids didn't feel that popular culture spoke to them, not the music, not the dance forms, not the art. And so they created graffiti, they created breakdancing and hip hop and rap. And that's where it all began. And then, then they can start there and they can follow, the, the, follow a path where it will kind of develop into, you know, floor to ceiling murals. The, the stuff that we've been doing in Kakaako and around the world, as well as having a gallery exhibit in the back showcasing paintings from over like 150 artists. That's incredible. Uh, you say, how many artists uh, were involved with the creation of this particular uh, exhibit? I would say close to 200. 200 artists. That's an incredible amount. Of, it's hard to picture that because it, it isn't that big of a space. But, I mean, you're talking about little corners and little sections that were dedicated to artists. Yeah, yeah. And, and so we wanted to sort of highlight artists on, uh, on you know, the murals, but also the paintings and larger paintings and installations. And so people could, you know, get right up to it, um, explore, and le also learn about the artists, too. Because it is the Bishop Museum, this is Hawaii's Natural History Museum. Uh, of the oh. 200 or so artists, um, how many would you say are local for this exhibit? About half. About half. See, I, I don't think local people realize how many incredibly talented local artists that there are. I think it's almost like you're a victim of your own success and people think of powwow now and they think of you flying in all these artists from all over the world not realizing that possibly some of their favorite artists that they're looking at here are actually local artists yeah there's a lot of talent in hawaii definitely a lot of talent in hawaii yeah. what is it about hawaii that, that fosters that sort of artistic creativity i think it's diversity you know i think it's it's meeting and knowing different people from so many different cultures and so many different backgrounds and being exposed to all of that when you talk about educating uh, folks about the history of graffiti, um, you mentioned that there were different types of graffiti. Uh, and I, I, there's actually a, a wall it's installation right here somewhere. Yeah, right oh, here. yeah, there it is. Um, that talks about the different kinds of graffiti. Can you talk about, can you help our, our viewers out and, and kind of go through some of the, the history of graffiti art and how some of this might be familiar to, to graffiti artists in certain cities and different uh, here at Hawaii? Yeah, for sure. Um, so then one thing that people should know is that in order for us to tell the history of graffiti through this exhibition properly and accurately, we needed to bring on cultural advisors. And we have three. Um, we have Crash and Mayor wow. 139 and also OG Slick. And so we wanted to make sure that they could share the history and educate us so that because I didn't feel like I would be the right person to do that. Mm. And so they were brought aboard the project and also participated as artists of this exhibition too. And so a lot of the information that you see around the space, around this space, it's from them. And so there is a, there is a crate here that lists different types of graffiti, um, starting with tags, which is probably what you see the most around town, which is just, you know, sing oftentimes single color, uh, quickly written, you know, their aliases, their names on walls. Throw-ups are usually, you know, it's a fill, usually bubble letters, um, usually maybe two colors, 
and then blockbusters are sort of like like larger stuff done with rollers um wild style and they also list like different styles and, and different methods and mm -hmm. also you know uh pieces like also known as masterpieces um productions and all these sort of different types of of graffiti and we kind of try to list everything out here so that people can just have an idea and learn about where it came from and also how it's evolved over time because there's different artists here such as such as mayor 139 who started off doing graffiti and is now doing more sculptural work but a lot of the work that he's doing now is informed by graffiti by the work that he did as a kid it's pretty incredible when you look at, at the technique and the history of it and how you know as a you know, as a kid growing up, you'd see somebody tag something, you know, and, and like that was that was graffiti to me as a kid. It's just watching somebody tag their name on something, you know, on the back of a school bus chair or something like that. You know, mm -hmm. that's that was the that was graffiti. That was the extent of it. The, the kind that you do super fast because you don't want to get caught. So right. It's, it's yeah, not even know? it doesn't even look good. You just are trying to get your name out there. Right. You know, or they got the, you know, there's a style to it and they work on their style. And, and, and yeah. And then, of course, it, it evolves into the mural art that uh, that people see here at Pow Wow. Um, you know what I blew it? Before we even go any further, we yes. need a word of the day. Word of the day. So Jasper, the way this works, we don't have any drinks here today at the Bishop Museum, but the oh. folks watching at home are invited to participate. So if you've got a cocktail, or if you can make one very quickly, what do you like to drink, Jasper? What's your, what's your go-to beverage of choice? Oh man, I'm like the worst person to ask because I don't even like drink anymore. You know what? What? What, what used? Yeah, to, what dude. was your How dare you, sir? when you did drink? I have like kids and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Doesn't that drive you to drink? <laughs> Is it a, a Capri Sun pouch like in the freezer? Out. Is that? Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. I like sneak a Capri Sun when no one's looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All well, right. Well, I if mean, you... when I used to drink, I used to make at home. Oftentimes, I mean, maybe I'm too boring, but I, I used to drink like Moscow mules and stuff. Oh, I like a Moscow mule yeah. every once in a while. All right. Yeah. So if you've got a Moscow mule at home, uh, Flash. You know the, the ingredients of that are? It would be Pau Maui vodka mm -hmm. and uh, a nice, fresh, good ginger beer. That's all you need. Super simple. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, super simple. So yeah. make one of those real quick if you've got one at home or open a beer or a truly whatever you've got. And we need a word of the day. So every time we hear the word, we're going to sneak it into conversation today. Uh, everyone at home is going to cheer, make some noise, and, and have a sip of their drink. You get to pick the word. Oh, man. Such <laughs> pressure. I feel like I should just be like your guys' name, then people would just get faded. So, yeah, <laughs> feel like the not. word is Maleko and Flash. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that's it. That's the word. If you hear either of those names, that's what you've got to do. So people, try and sneak that into conversation, Jasper, as many times as you can today. That'll be fun. I, I remember the last time we had him on the show, he, he didn't like picking the word of the day either. He yeah. got all, it's too much pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I chose the word like ephemera or something. You oh, did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did. Oh, good good memory. Or something. Yeah. Good memory. Wow, I'm surprised you remembered that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll never forget our last interview, our last podcast together. <laughs> well, it was memorable. It was memorable. <laughs> it was memorable. We spent time with Flash. Oh, okay. I see what you did. <laughs> and Maleko. Oh, no. <laughs> I kind of wish I had a beverage right now. So, uh, um,. You know, Jasper, uh, speaking to local artists, and, and, and you talked about the style, uh, uh, diversity was a, was a big part of it. I'm curious as to someone with a trained eye, someone like you, can you look at um, graffiti regardless of the artist and go, oh, that's like from the West Coast, or oh, that's from the East Coast, oh, that's from Hawaii, oh, that's from Japan. Is, is there just certain regions have just an overall certain style, or is it, is it just too individualistic for that? No, I mean, that's, it, it, you're totally right about that. There is individual styles depending on where they're from, with the, the cities, the regions, 100%. Um, and also developing people that also were inspired by calligraphy, 
you know, even the writing forms from Nepal or Mesopotamia and how they sort of evolved and, and, and utilized those influences to create their own writing style. I personally don't have that eye, to be honest. I mean, I can read them and I can usually, and oftentimes the only way I know is because I can read it and I know who they are and I know where they're from. <laughs> um, but, you know, oftentimes, yeah, I don't, to be honest, like I don't have that. Like I'm sure like guys like Mare and guys like Slick and Crash and all the guys that we work with have that eye, but I don't, I honestly wish I had that eye, but honestly, I don't have that eye. I can't tell where they're from, but I have books about it. Mm -hmm. I read it and everything, but yeah. What, what would you describe the overall style of, of the Hawaii type of graffiti? I don't think you can because I'm like, like all the different artists out here locally, like they all have very different styles. Like from the guys in UK to IC to you know, back to like AF, all, all the guys that we've worked with over the years. Like even like all, all, like in, in this show alone, like, like a lot of them are involved and have their work up not only in this installation, but also as paintings in the back gallery too. And like even their styles are like sort of vastly different. And also that, that, that just counts like typography, like, like lettering, but there's also like character artists, like guys that focus on like painting characters, you know? Like, like the angry pandas. Yes, yes. I like love Woes, the angry pandas. Or yeah. like, you know, what, you know, Slick, um, and you know, I hear Greg Mike Persuade, et cetera. Like they all, they're all mm. like character artists. You know? And now correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the gallery stuff in the back, some of that is for sale? They're all for sale. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. But Excellent. then we can't, we can't directly sell them at the museum. So there's a separate website with the gallery that we work with out of LA called ThinkSpace. So if you go to thinkspaceprojects.com, you can purchase some of the work back there. And you know what, to be honest, like a lot of the local artists that are back there, for some of them, it's their very first exhibition. Because we don't have that many galleries in Hawaii. We have barely any. Um, outside of say the more sort of like tourist focused ones, right? Mm -hmm. Like that just sell like oceanscapes and um, paintings of whales. So, and so, so, you know, so then if you're buying work from some of the artists here, like honestly, like it'll be their first work sold. It really helps to validate artists. It really helps to get their work out there. And uh, I, I would imagine a lot of these artists, I mean, obviously everyone has been, you know, on lockdown as an artist, if you're making money selling painting, selling graffiti, it's, it's been a little rough over the last year. So this is a really great way, uh, again, to support, a, you know, a, a local individual, a local yeah. artist, and, and support mm -hmm. our local culture. Absolutely. For today's show, we are streaming, uh, by the way, on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, and Twitch. If you've got a question, uh, we've got people watching on all of our channels today. Uh, just go ahead and drop it into the comments there. We'll, we'll ask Jasper for you. We'll, we'll get some questions answered. Uh, also, if you've got any comments or if you just want to uh, talk about, uh, you know, some of the shows that you've seen uh, if you've been to some of the powwows before. Before I go too far into the show, I do want to bring up uh, Hulu. What an incredible uh, partnership you had with Hulu just this past, uh, I think it was last month, just the month before, mm -hmm. um, where your, your artwork showed up every time they talked about uh, Asian pride awareness. And, and they had all of these, uh, these uh, Asian comedians and, and actors and, and musicians and artists. And then your art was the wallpaper for that. Uh, how did that come so about? So sick. Uh, they reached out to me. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky in that respect where, you know, they were familiar with my work and they reached out to me to ask to help um, promote uh, AAPI creators and storytellers, you know. So not just Asian Americans, but also Pacific Islanders. Mm -hmm. And so the, the intent was to create a design, a wallpaper that kind of spoke to all these cultures, which when we looked at it, the grander scale, it's like, it's a lot. Mm. 
So we tried to narrow it down a little bit, but if you look through there, like it, there, there, there's even stuff from Hawaii, you know, like I drew like shave ice and spam most of these, but uh, as well as, you know, other, other sort of elements and, 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 and they animated some of them and you can also get them as uh, stickers on Instagram too. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That was really cool. And that, that ran for the whole month. It was like, it ran every commercial. Mm-hmm. And this green wallpaper that you had created was yeah. there. Very, very cool. And you can still access it now through Hulu. Um, if you go to their hubs, mm-hmm. they still have a AAPI hub with like, which highlights creator, AAPI creators and storytellers and, and their films or TV shows. So do you now get to watch Hulu without commercials? Is that like... <laughs> <laughs> is that, that would be the ultimate pay, Jasper, right? what's your password? <laughs> I, I was, oh, the thing is like, I was already, I already had that subscription so i was like i i, I didn't have that perk you know uh-huh well, we got a question here kelly uh says uh, the guy who who tagged or, or who drew the uh, cockroaches mural uh has to be local because no one has that kind of uh, eye for cockroaches than than the local i think he's talking about one of the murals from uh uh Kaka'ako. i mean there's a mural here that has a bunch of like like fake plastic cockroaches mm-hmm the ones that you find, you know, everywhere here, and then that mural is by Catch, who is, is from here, and is local, and who is considered to be a local legend. Yeah. Not, but not just in Hawaii, but globally. So, so let's yeah. speak to that for a second. Why don't you name drop some of? Yeah, the, the local artists. The big, the the big local legendary artists um, that that a layman could go and you know look up and and, and maybe get into a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, here in, in this exhibition, we have guys like OG Slick, who's, who's from here. Um, you know, obviously Catch, uh, Deffer, who lives here. Um, we also have... You pronounce it Deffer? I've been pronouncing it Defer. No, yeah, it's Deffer. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, it's, the name was inspired by... Just outed yourself from, as uh, lame, you know? Yeah, I know. I'm not... From uh, El Cuche, I believe. Yeah. Um, uh, and the Kate Wadsworth, Shard to Asoa, uh, Guys like, you know, even like Lauren YS, who's, who lives between here in LA, uh, Hula, who's been doing a lot of amazing work. Obviously guys that we work with all the time and who, par- who I'm partnered with like Kamea and, and Jeff Gress are in the show. Kamea Hadar, he's been on the show before as well. Mm-hmm. The, the co-founder of Pow Wow with you. Mm-hmm. Suck it, Kamea, for not being here today. <laughs> he knew you were coming, so he's like, I'm not going to be there. By the way, the gallery is open today, so occasionally you will get groups of people that will come in. You can kind of see people in the backgrounds of the shots here. You can kind of hear them. Uh, we have not blocked off anything, so they've got total mm-hmm. access to mm-hmm. all of the – I actually saw a, a younger girl earlier adjusting one of the tripods. Yeah. So. And, and that sort yeah, of – fun. That, that goes, falls in line with this, this um, installation as a whole. Clearly, you've made it. You want people to – I mean, it's not like a precious, your typical precious art installation. You guys definitely by design have made it kid-friendly, mm-hmm. um, well, you've stupid got this people-friendly like me. behind us yeah. here that you can just, you actually go into and, and kind of explore, and, and, and kids love to touch, and they're touching everything. Yeah. Kids, Everything's in, kids in Flash. And Flash. <laughs> <laughs> I like to touch all this stuff. But what, um, what, is that, um, what was the thinking behind making it so tactile? Well, we just wanted it to be more immersive. You know, we wanted it, we wanted the exhibition to sort of be something that people would remember seeing and, 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 and some of the work. Yeah, I, I mean, they're welcome to, you know, when they're in the installation. I mean, obviously, like, don't touch the, the paintings in the back. But, but uh, you know, we wanted it to, to, for people to sort of, like, discover things mm-hmm. and also come back because they're like, oh, they'll come here and then they'll see something posted or shared. And they're like, I didn't see that. 
Because like, there's a bunch of like hidden installations, like by artists like Slinkachu and Dan Witz that are that are around the space, like these tiny installations. Yeah, really. I, I've been here three times now, and every time I've been here, you, you see something different. I mean, and there's there's a lot going on in this installation. It's very busy. There's clearly you could get lost in just one <laughs> little corner for for quite a bit of time. But that's one of the you know the fun things about you know as many times as I've come is is finding different things. Even today, setting up. Uh, I found different things because you're getting close up to like, where's the power at and things like that. And you're like, oh, look at this little random thing over here. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very clever. You talked about not touching uh, the, the paintings in the back. And, and that reminded me of, you know, when you go and you, and you see one of these murals from Pow Wow um, and you see, you, you know, I drive by a, a few every day. And then one day I drove by and one was tagged like by someone else, like someone had clearly written oh. over it. Um, and, fighting and, words. And, like, and I saw that and I thought, okay, there has to be some sort of code where, you know, if, the, if that happens to you, you quietly disappear. Like someone, someone will be missing you tomorrow if they find your tag on their mural. I, I mean, what, what, is, what is the protocol when a graffiti artist has his mural tagged by someone else? Asking for a friend. Well, you know, <laughs> oftentimes when that happens, a lot of times it's personal. I was gonna say, yeah. Yeah, oftentimes it's personal, and usually like, like, oh, someone's saying, you know, like, I know them, and you know, something happened, and you know, so then there's some issues, and so, oftentimes they're personal, especially like here locally where it's so small too. Yeah. They're oftentimes personal issues. Is there is there a lot of like politics in the in the local graffiti art scene? I think there's like a lot of politics with like every scene, right? Yeah. So that, yeah, definitely, definitely. Especially in that podcast scene. With yeah, that, that, yeah, Maleko guy. Yeah, yeah Maleko podcast, yeah. it's brutal. The Maleko guy. That guy. <laughs> oh, the Maleko guy. Yeah. <laughs> Angela Ludwig says, please don't touch the kid going shishi on the wall mural. That's one of my favorites, too, by the way. Oh, that yeah, one yeah, is, yeah. Uh, I forget when that one is. It's, 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 it's actually, Slick. it's right, over, yeah. uh, right around yeah. the corner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Slick has a very distinctive style. I, I really like his work a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So when you, uh, when you take the, the powwow show on the road, when you talk about it, it's, it's worldwide. Last time on the show, you talked about how um, when you take it into cities, you talk about cities that have a culture already of graffiti art. Uh, there are mural artists already in existence, but you take that and you apply it to like local educational programs um, where you where either it's it's a collaboration with a local school or you're you're helping the kids by bringing in and donating some of the supplies. Um, have you done any projects like that lately? And, and where are the where are the latest installations of, of powwow uh, outside of Hawaii? Well, we're actually thinking about spending more time being focused on underserved communities here in Hawaii because we've been doing that in other cities and we figured it'd be good to do it here. Uh, I started teaching at Palamo Settlement. Right. Which is down the street from here and it caters to a lot of kids that are in that particular area, which is also, there's a lot of low income and public housing in Kalihi in general. And so... You know, if you're looking at what's going on with public schools in the DOE, oftentimes whenever there's budget cuts, they're cutting art and music. Those are the, the first curriculum. things to go. Exactly. Yeah. And even like my daughter, when she was going to, when she, with her school, they cut out art a few years ago. And so she's not getting art curriculum unless her teacher is bringing it in herself. And so I wanted, we wanted to come back and, and fill in those gaps, you know. So I, I, I teach a free art class right now. I do it twice a week there, uh, mainly to high schoolers, with hopes of of um you know flesh turning into a more fleshed out art school mm. you know that teaches everything from from what we do you know from painting and drawing illustration design but also to photography videography to fashion design uh animation etc you know that's the goal to sort of like build something and then that that would be free for kids within those communities 
Because one big thing that also has occurred is that there's a lot of access inequity, which we saw firsthand when all the students had to distance learn due to COVID. And we learned that, you know, not every kid, not every family has a computer or, or, or even has access to internet. Yeah. And if the libraries are closed, then they really have zero access. So a lot of kids really fell behind because they couldn't distance learn. Mm -hmm. And some kids were lost altogether. And so community centers like Palama Settlement try to come in to sort of provide education, provide platforms, provide learning. And they've been doing it for over 100 years. So I, we, we've been doing more work with them. And also had an amazing meeting with the Public Housing Authority to sort of do more murals in public housing. And, uh, and we've been doing that kind of work in other cities, which, you know, sometimes people tell us not to, but, you know, what, I feel what, like- Why would they tell you not to? They tell us that it's like dangerous and that something will happen to the artists, et cetera. But, you know, it's not true. Is it because it's graffiti? Is that- Well, because the thing is like, we're painting murals and we're working with, with a lot of local artists. What, what actually happens when we've done it in other cities is that the, those communities are very inviting. And oftentimes they're wondering like, why we even care? To sort of give back to them right um what has happened recently like in other cities is you know one example is there is this mother of two daughters and her oldest daughter was always afraid to tell people where she was from because she knew that she'd be judged because she lived in public housing mm. people don't live in public housing because they want to they they're there because they, they need to be there and and the youngest daughter when we were doing the project out there told someone where she was from and the immediate reaction that the media question they asked her is that where all the painting is happening. And the mom told us that that meant everything to her because it changed perception. It gave her pride into like where she was from. Mm. And so we want to do more of that work here locally in our own hometown, in our own backyard. And Paloma Settlement is actually, it's, it's a great little location for something like that too. Uh, I understand mm -hmm. a few years ago, actually it might've been even 10 years ago, uh, when you were driving down the H1, they had a mural that they had set up along the freeway um, mm -hmm. and the kids had gone through and they'd painted each each got a little block mm -hmm. and they had done that um, and you know it's an, it's an opportunity for them to work on their art and have it be seen by people driving down the road without having to you know put it on the side of a freeway yeah yeah no um, that's like a graffiti park you know those are popular in like in like Europe you know graffiti park yeah so so think skate park but for graffiti right because a lot of kids if they want to get into graffiti or into spray paint art or into the art form, there's no safe place to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're going at ditches, they're going to abandoned houses and they're trying to find places to do it, you know, where they won't get in trouble. But sometimes those places can be dangerous. You know, there was a kid in Long Beach that was killed because he was doing graffiti in an abandoned home. The cops rolled up because there was a complaint and they thought that the spray can was a gun. Oh my God. And they shot him. Of course they did. So, you know, in those cases, we're like, you know, if we create places that are safe for kids to practice and to do work, then, then those, those are the idea. I actually really want to bring that back. The reason why it's gone now is because it was made from wood, from like plywood. It just doesn't last that I was, long. That was, I was just going to ask, like, what, yeah. what, what do you build a graffiti park out of? I would well, say look at in this, this case, this CMU block here. wall. You know, just build out a CMU, right? Oh, That's yeah. probably the easiest, yeah. cheapest way to do it. Just, just lay some CMU block. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like behind you, I mean, this, this wasn't here. You know, this little building, this fake street, like on camera, it looks like, you know, you could be sitting in the middle of Chinatown. Um, but I mean, it's a set. It's a prop. Um, and when I saw the video, in fact, I don't know if, if I don't think I, I, I have the video of the, of the making of the room, um, but you built this just for this and it was clean when it mm -hmm. went up. 
And so the graffiti artist had the fun of tagging a virtual storefront. Um, mm -hmm. That had to be like, I mean, that has to, that has to kick your buttons, right? I mean, that has to make well, you, you feel like, you, you know. You get to you, do it in AC for once. <laughs> do it well, in AC. There, well, there was no AC. Oh, really? Yeah, no. They made well, you do oh, because that messes up the, uh, yeah, the, the, okay, yeah, 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 the, the filtration system. So then, so then these sets were actually designed and built by Rachel Philbeck and her team, which is she's like right there doing a, a tour right now. Nice. Um, the and unsung and we, hero of yeah, the installation. Yeah, we, we worked with her and her team to sort of, and, and, then, and then we helped to build all the other walls around the space with our with our Powell team and our volunteers and all the graffiti artists that became a part of it. That's part of a lot of the artists that, that we've worked with over the years. Well, yeah, 100%, like, you know, coming here. And I mean, I think, I think even more surprising that it's in the Bishop Museum of all museums. Yeah. You know? and how did that, that partnership come about? Honestly, it's uh, from their team, you know, from people like Melanie Ide, Jaina Boulard, um, people like Brandon Bunang and Jen Onishi and Ken Yatomi and, and, and their team here that sort of saw that, that the work that we do is of value and it speaks to not only the history of Hawaii, but to its people and that there should be a place where it's celebrated. Do you, I mean, maybe just because I'm the Gen X generation, I feel like the time has long ago passed since graffiti artists were sort of looked down upon and not considered real artists. I feel like, you know, um, with, you know, Obey and, and, and all that over the years, and then certainly Banksy, I, I feel like, you, do you guys still have that sort of stigma that you have to deal with? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, like I mean, yes, there are some artists that have made it that have, become like major artists mm -hmm. um, and many that we've also worked with but there is still that stigma like we still end up in cities where there's a lot of pushback and backlash i imagine um, you're making inroads though like it, you you've got to be making steps mm -hmm. like for example in honolulu um it it went from being something that probably was hard to sell mm -hmm. to something where people are like please put this on my building yeah, I, no, i'd yeah. love to be a part of powwow yeah yeah, it just takes time, you know. But there's still artists, there's still owners and, and people within Kakako that, like, don't like us. Or that sometimes see a mural and get offended by it, but then just through their own interpretation. Like, there's one mural that's, that this lady hated. And she hated <laughs> me for it. <laughs> and then she told me that it's because it was an advertisement for vaping. Oh. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, it's not... Was it about vaping at all? No, like not at all. Like I was like, what are you? And then, and then there was one. She got super mad at me, and she's like, you know, all Chinese people hate this mural. And I'm like, but I'm Chinese. So I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, how are you speaking for every Chinese person here? You know, like what? <laughs> like I'm Chinese. I'm like, I don't agree with you. So, I love that though. Yeah. People are so opinionated about everything, and they want everyone yeah. to think that the way, the way they do. Working yeah. at a news station, we get that a lot. Yeah. We get people that will call us up and just yell for three minutes, and then hang up the phone, and we never hear from them again. Yeah. What what that happens um, to me a lot too. What's, <laughs> What city, um, do you, what city do you want to go in the most that you haven't been allowed to because the pushback has been so great to this point? Oh, man, we've been wanting to do some projects. And, like, I mean, there's some projects that we've been working on that have been tough to get off the ground. I would say, you know, cities like Singapore have been really hard to get off the ground just because the culture there, it's, like, not as open to, to art, to, like, you know, art in the streets, to, to graffiti, to street art in general. Um, you know, I've been trying to do a project in Manila for a long time, too. Uh, oftentimes, some of those cities, it's more sort of like what are going to be some of the logistical challenges. Um, you know, will they, you know, like, like when we did a project in Kathmandu, Nepal, 
like that was really tough to put together and we knew that we would have to like use whatever materials that exist there because it'd be hard to get stuff shipped in mm. i mean we we and what we did there was we we painted a school for homeless children so that school would bring in kids through offering two hot meals a day and once they got them in through the doors they teach them um, mm. but it's not a very inspiring space so we painted every surface of that thing like exterior wow. interior all the walls ceilings the, the cafeteria everything but we also got like shoes donated too none of the kids knew their shoe sizes and so the teachers measured all their feet and then we got shoes based on those measurements um, and i got my friends over at play in san francisco to sort of donate all these children's shoes to them what we didn't realize and we were completely unaware of is that most of those kids wanted bigger shoes because that might be the first and last time that they ever get shoes in their oh, life. Oh, wow. And so that's yeah. something that we, like, we didn't even think about that. We were like, oh, you know what, that makes sense. You know? It totally but makes sense. We didn't yeah. think about that at that time. Um, so we would love to do more projects there, but sometimes it's like, like you know, we, but even more so, like, you know, we had a hard time getting those shoes through customs. Really? Yeah, it was more like you have to pay for them to get through customs, you know, like mm. there had to be some special sort of treatment. And, oh, then, wow. and then they still even, and, and they still kept the box of shoes for themselves too. Wow. And those were, ki- and those were shoes for, their, for the kids within their community, you know. Right. Interesting. So, you know, there's stuff like that. We're always doing work like, but then like to do more projects like that in, in cities that we can be more impactful and, and, and work can be more meaningful. But also sometimes it's like cities like here, you know, like, you know, let's do more work in public housing. You know, let's do more work at schools. Let's do more work at community centers. That's funny. I when you when you said uh, the answer, I honestly thought you were gonna pick like the cleanest cities in America. You know, like yeah. like I think of downtown Denver, which is like the the most pristine walls, <laughs> red red brick, anywhere white, in Canada, white paint, anywhere in Canada. <laughs> you know, what what do you want to paint the most? And you know, I just I just assume you'd pick the cleanest city oh. ever. <laughs> do you think for um, some of these cities that um, like a Singapore, for example, that maybe. Um, you could sort of inception them and instead of trying to go in the community first, actually try and do an installation indoors first and then sort of showcase what you can do and then say, hey, now imagine yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, that definitely makes sense to sort of do, yeah, do work like that. I mean, we've been trying at least, so we'll, yeah. we'll see. And, and I mean, a really big, obvious question we haven't asked yet is, uh, I mean, you're flying artists literally all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine a flight to Nepal is very cheap, no. let alone all the supplies that you need to do what you do. Mm-hmm. Where are you guys getting uh, your funding from? I mean, out here in Hawaii, we've been lucky that we've had some support. I mean, we've, we've had a lot of support from, you know, Hawaiian Airlines, uh, from also like Monster Energy, um, spray paint companies like Montana. And also, like, even, like, City Mill and, like, different hotels like the Sherrington and, and the Alohalani and Modern past years. So we've been getting, like, a lot of great support locally. I mean, sometimes when we're in other cities, there, there isn't, to be honest, you know how we pay for the Nepal project? Uh, Kamea, yeah. Jeff Gress, and I, sometimes we're able to sort of pull some funding t- to pay ourselves for the work that we do. We just didn't pay ourselves. Oh, wow. We collected those funds and paid for that project. That's kind of how we do it, right, Flash? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> By the way, that was the word of the day. I got it. I got it. Word of the day. 
All right, uh, I, a couple more things uh, uh, here, just as we talk about this particular installation here at Pow Wow. Um, it is open uh, as part of the museum, so what, when you pay for your museum admission, you can come in here and check out the exhibits. You can. You can. You can. Um, and, uh, you know, the museum itself is, is back open. They've got some social distancing rules in place. They've got, you know, safety protocols uh, as well, so it feels like a nice, safe, great environment to be in. Um, as an exhibitor, as an artist, um, would, would this... Uh, is, is this something you think you can bring back in a rotating schedule? Is this maybe a one and done? I mean, uh, what, what would be next for you in terms of hierarchy? Like, you know, now I've done this, I would like to do this next. I think I need like a vacation or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard for me to think that far ahead because I'm like, man, it was so hard. It was so hard to put this one together. Because How long was it was the build out? The build out was about like three weeks and then painting it was like a week, but then planning it was rough because we planned it during a pandemic. So explain- A lot of Zoom meetings. Explain the, yeah. the week um, of the painting, cause, because you had all the artists come in all at once mm -hmm. and, and sort of set everyone free all at the same time. So mm -hmm. what's, what's sort of the logic behind that? Well, the logic was there's gonna be a lot of fumes, so we need masks and mm -hmm. ventilation, cause we're all gonna like lose our minds and burn our brain cells out and like get high on fumes all Sounds day long. Sounds fun, I like it. Indoor I like space, it so well, far. Well, I mean, like, spray you, paint. Weren't you here, Flash, around that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I came a, a couple days before oh, okay. the, the artist came, but it was the, the finishing touches yeah. on the. I mean, we the were like pretty much like living here. Like I was living here, and I was like, I found like a storage closet that I would hide out in. <laughs> and so you know, but then you know, all the artists. But then you know what's what's really great about having everyone here, outside of you know the fumes, is that we were all together. Uh, for a lot of the artists, we haven't seen anyone or each other for like over a year and for some of them the last time they saw everyone was here in hawaii last year at our festival in kakako mm. and so you know it's just special to sort of have everyone together and also like oftentimes when we're doing festivals that are like neighborhood wide um sometimes you don't see everyone because we're so spread apart and but in here we're all together and so we were having lunches and dinners together we we're hanging out together and it was just a nice camaraderie a nice energy sort of have everyone together and painting and creating and sharing Experience. So if I'm if I'm tagging my piece in the installation next to your piece, is is it like is it a faux pas or what's the etiquette on me giving you suggestions as I'm painting my mural next to yours, <laughs> giving you my two cents? Like you no, make personally that, make that yellow instead shut. of blue or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, or, or do you guys is, is it a sort of collaborative that way or is I it think, everyone think, just staying? What in your would lane? you do if no, Flash told is. you how to paint your critters? <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, <laughs> I, I accept Flash's. Criticism and, and constructive <laughs> criticisms and uh, advice on, on that. <laughs> and then he goes, that, really? That Flash is an amazing He's artist. A better so. man than I am. I, yeah. And then he goes back and just paints <laughs> it just the way he wanted to paint it's it like, all. That's but great. I think, you know, Boop what's great nose. is that like, we actually talk to each other and share and ask for advice. Really? Oh, really? Because okay. we all like know that we're, you know, all of us as artists and everyone is like, you know, we've been doing work for a long time and everyone has different skill sets, but also different ideas. And you can see artists talking to each other and be like, you know, I'm trying to do this. What, do you, what are your thoughts? You know, what do you think about doing this, you know, and it's actually really amazing, you know, like, like people have a lot of respect for each other and they want advice from each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when you're out on a street spread out across several city blocks, it's not quite as collaborative. I would say less so because we're not so close to each other, you know, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, and oftentimes it's hard to get everyone together. And you know, it's like, oh, we're going to have a lunch. And like, oh, I'm still working. Oh, and so you drive around and like drop off sandwiches or meals to everyone. Right. Or dinner and stuff like that. So it's harder to get everyone together. This pandemic really yeah. changed things in, in that aspect. It's like the social distancing would have been perfect, actually, for that. Uh, but at the same time, 
everyone has just been so starved to meet up with someone that I yeah. imagine you guys were really stoked to just hang out for a little while. Absolutely. And even, you know, get high off paint fumes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, all we did flash. the whole time. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, I mean, that's why we're here doing this podcast in here, right? In, in <laughs> yeah. hopes of... Exactly. That's it. I'm wearing exactly. my least exactly. effective mask. Um, yeah. Jasper, do you have any pieces here specifically that are yours that are for sale? I never put myself in my projects or exhibitions or festivals. I think I just have, like, there's just so much time taken to, like, manage. I was going to say, it's not, it's not because you're, you're so humble. It's because I doubt that you would have time, right? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I'm, not, I'm not humble at all. Okay, but so if we wanted to buy some of your artwork, where do we go? Your website? Actually, yeah. wait, that's not true. You, your piece is out front, right? The Toyota. Oh, yeah. That's sitting on the lawn. I mean, it's a collaboration with Toyota, but, I mean, it's, that's, that's you, that's right? That's true. Yeah, yeah. That is my work. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I am a Toyota ambassador. Buy Toyotas. Don't buy Hondas. <laughs> <laughs> Plug them, give, give this feel. What is the, the tribe thing with Toyota? What is um, yeah, so, you know, that's actually my idea. It was like sort of, you know, I, I, you know, there's always, well, initially it started off as like a Tacoma project. Um, Very Hawaii. Like, yeah, and it was like, you know, not, not <laughs> everyone that drives a Tacoma is the same. For like, like, there's different types of people that yeah. drive trucks. That's great because there's more Tacomas than walls in Hawaii. Yeah. So as a mural artist, man, yeah. if you could tag all the Tacomas, yeah. <laughs> you'd be legendary. <laughs> Yeah, and so and so with uh with that project, it was like trying to highlight these just different people, you know. Yeah. And then, but then it kind of like turned into a larger project where like uh, let's just hide different people that drive Toyotas. And so, this next one is that we're doing one with like you know Gucci's, you know Martin Gucci, you know the Gucci, huge. Right? So and, they, they have these yeah. badges. Are these yeah. like you stick them on the car? Is that what the mm -hmm. badges? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then you can get them for free, and then later on they're sold. So then the the last set of three uh, disappeared in like minutes. Um, so then we're releasing another three, like nice. slowly, yeah. Wow. So if you're if you're driving behind a, a Tacoma out there and you see the badge on it, that is a that is a a, a tribe badge. Yes. And what correct. what are all the do you do you know all the tribes so far? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. But then I think I mean the last one we had was like you know one of them was Wahines, another one was Adventures, Adventurers. Um, and then another one was sort of like, you know, people that care for the environment. And then this one, we, the first one we released is like foodies with, uh, uh, where like I drew Martin Gucci, Gucci as a character. He is a, a character. Yeah. So then he's like, yeah. So it's like a spam Musubi character. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. With like, uh, because in his Instagram is like Musubi man. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then has like a little chicken. Cause he has like a bunch of chickens at his house. <laughs> And a tiny Musubi, which is like his daughter's. Love it. We've had but him. But I wanted him too. to be like sort of short because he always like for some reason his shirt just like disappears. Uh, not only his shirt, he he'll get drunk and get straight up naked. <laughs> yeah, it's disturbing. So I was like, oh, can I just like just draw signature him? Move. Like you know, like but then like I had to put an apron on him. But then <laughs> I was at one point drawing him. That so uh, awesome. who, who are some of your other sponsors? Name drop. Plug away. I mean, uh, you know, what we said earlier, you know, with, uh, you know, the, the Sherrington for this exhibit, Hawaiian Airlines, major sponsor of ours, uh, Monster Energy, um, Montana Cans, who does our spray paint. Uh, we have a bunch of sponsors, like, like just like donors that mm -hmm. as well. Um, and, and we, you know, in other cities, we have a lot of support from like, from like other sponsors as well. So, but then those are our major ones. And I think locally, you know, guys like, you know, like, like City Mill has always supported us too. So, so if, if, I, if I have a business and I want to sponsor you guys or if I'm just a rich person and I want to throw some money your way and support Powwow, how, how would one go about that? 
Um, you just like Venmo me to me directly. <laughs> and then I, you What's Venmo, your Venmo? So Venmo. Just, just give I it out. It's just, I think it's just my name. <laughs> <laughs> just just it may, Venmo it may It may or may not go to Powell, but you know. <laughs> you know, that happened with like, our, our like guest last directly, week. You know, our guest indirectly. last week was like that. He does a podcast, and he just asks people for money. He does entire episodes where he says, I need money to do this show. And so I feel like if you just stood in front of each of your mules and you just were like, this costs money. Buy a, buy a can of spray or spray yeah. paint. Or buy a Toyota. <laughs> Either buy way. A Toyota. <laughs> yeah. Either buy way. For every Toyota, I get like a dime. So you buy a lot of Toyotas. <laughs> 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 so, uh, Jasper, what's your website and your Instagram, uh, both for you personally and for Pow Wow? Sure, yeah. So, um, my website is jasperwong.net. Instagram is at Mr. Jasper Wong, MR, Jasper Wong. Um, Pow Wow website is powwowworldwide.com, and Instagram is at worldwide yeah awesome jasper thank you so much and uh we can't wait to have you back and and talk about whatever it is that you're doing next um after this exhibit is over which uh by the way runs uh through september 15th at bishop 19th. museum september 19th mm -hmm. it's right uh -oh. there on the piece of paper in front of you flash yeah, right flash. there on the notes september 19th yeah. it's right there bishop museum of course <laughs> the rest of the exhibits are open uh make sure you bring your mask with you when you come masks are required social distancing is required of course mm -hmm. stay home if you're mm -hmm. sick um, but uh, it is open to the public, and it's a, a fascinating experience. It's really immersive as you come in here. Uh, you know, you can you can walk into the bodega. You can touch the groceries. You can walk around, and you can see and, and, and smell the spray paint still in the air mm. as you come through here. Uh, definitely bring the whole family. Uh, definitely bring groups of friends. Even organize a school function if come you want to come, come and check it out. Come more than once. I'm telling you, you will see different stuff every time. And I've heard that from a number of people. Yeah. Because there's all these little installations and stuff, so you definitely want to yeah. check that out. Jasper Wong, ladies Jasper and gentlemen. Jasper Wong! Thanks. Thank you, Flash. Thanks, Michael. Part of Pow Wow, the first decade from Hawaii to the world. Uh, we invite you to come and check that out here at the Bishop Museum. Uh, and we do actually want to talk a little bit to the Bishop Museum and find out uh, about how this exhibit came to be. Uh, because, uh, you know, as Jasper said earlier, everyone said no until Bishop Museum. And so it'd be nice to find out uh, a little bit about, you know, who's... You know, who, who was the mastermind behind it? How did it all come together? And I understand we do have somebody here. We have the uh, vice president uh, of programs uh, to help us out, uh, promotions of programs. If you would join us on the bench here, Jasper, we'll out with you. Um, and while that's happening, we're going to show you a video.
was incredible. That's a, just a, a little bit of an example of what you can expect here when you come to the Bishop Museum and check out the Pow Wow exhibit. Uh, and to tell us a bit more about how this happened here, we've got the uh, Acting Vice President of Public Programs, Dr. Brandon Bunag, to join us here to talk about it. Uh, uh, first of all, Doctor, thanks so much for joining us on the show and for talking about this and for allowing Pow Wow to come to the Bishop Museum. That is a triumph and a big win, I would say. Well, absolutely. It's great to have Pow Wow here. Um, and planned through a pandemic, you know, it, it was an amazing, you know, working with Jasper is just an amazing opportunity. Um, and, you know, Bishop Museum's honored that they approached and asked, and why not, you know? Why not? What, a, know, what the, a great answer. Why not? The Bishop Museum is, uh, is traditionally, you know, when I think of the Bishop Museum, I think about uh, Hawaiian culture. I think about uh, all of the many things that Hawaiians have created over the many years uh, of these islands. And uh, that's all visible in the, you know, in, in, in the buildings right adjacent to this one. And so when you install a graffiti art installation like Pow Wow, mm -hmm. how does that fit into the mission of the museum? Yeah, great, great question. I think to understand our mission, the core of our mission is really inspiration. And we want to inspire people um, utilizing the, the natural and cultural history of the Pacific and especially around Hawaii. And Powwow is not the first introduction of contemporary art to the museum. When Hawaiian Hall was reopened, I think back in 2009-ish, uh, contemporary Hawaiian artists like Meliana Meyer, Carl Powell have interpreted different um, Hawaiian mo'olelo or, or histories of, of our kupuna and they have contemporary art pieces in, in the very traditional Hawaiian Hall. Fast forward to 2021, and, and you look around this castle building, we have these amazing artists from all over the world coming together here on our campus, again, inspiring, whether it's the next generation, whether it's the current generation, um, just inspiring visitors, local kama'aina around you know, different um, various art pieces. And I think when you come and visit the exhibit here, you see this wide genre of, of themes that are going on, you know? And, you know, inspiration and the, and the way we inspire people is we tell stories. And, and telling stories is not just a, um, a telling, it's, it's, it's a showing. And, and, and art and contemporary art in the way that you see here is just another way of, of which we are choosing to tell our stories. And I think it, the inclusion of modern art uh, here in Hawaii is, is such a, a very um, forward-thinking step for a museum, you know? I mean, I, I've been in this space for uh, the dinosaur exhibit, you know, I've been in this space for all the pop art and all the other exhibits that have come through. There's been Aloha shirt designs and so many things. This particular space lends itself to that creative opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's almost like as museum curators, you're creating art yourselves by changing the space in ways that, that suit you. I think, I think the key to it is how do we make something that is historical, something that is traditional, relevant for today's people, for today's time. You know, mm -hmm. for our kids today that are, you know, so fat, um, savvy and fast on, on internet and on phones, everything is instantaneous. So how do we bridge traditional and modern and, and, and to ensure that the traditional ideas and these traditional mo'olelo, these traditional concepts survive, you know, um, as we, you know, continue to move fast, fast forward into the future, into the future. And, you know, um, this space is meant to tell these stories. This space that we're in, Castle Building, is meant for these changing exhibitions. You know, and, and I think all of us growing up in Hawaii, we we know this space as the dinosaur space, or myself included. You know, yeah. just to put a plug in there, the dinosaurs are coming back. You know, yes, yeah. In October. 
Um, so I had to share that. <laughs> but again, the, the dinosaurs themselves have a, have a, has a story to tell. And, yeah. and there is a connection to some of the work that our collections, our natural science collections are doing through studies of fossils. So how do we understand society? How do we understand history through, through these collections? Same thing, you know, powwow, um, the other exhibits that, that have gone through this space, it's all about making those bridges, telling these stories, again, all leading up to inspiring. That's really fantastic. I love that the Bishop Museum jumped in uh, when others said no, you know, and brought this thing to life. I think other museums are kicking themselves right now, especially when they see how beautiful this turned out. Uh, the turnout has to have been fantastic. Was the museum open at all during the pandemic? Could you do yeah. anything here while, uh, while, while people were social distancing? You know, if, if memory serves me right, you know, when, when the state shut down, so did the museum. So mm -hmm. that, I believe, was in March of last year. I want to say in June, we started to reopen a little bit as, as you know, things sort of tapered. Um, so we opened for a few months. And then I believe in late, early fall, September, when there was an uptick in the state, we, we shut down again. Um, and then, you know, for a few weeks, and then we opened up October, and we've been open since. Um, Fantastic. October. That's great. Great opportunity to get the family out of the house. Uh, you know, the, the Bishop Museum is, is one of the more inexpensive things you can do with your whole family. Bring the whole Ohana out here and, and have a whole day of it. Um, and because the exhibits like this one are so tactile and so uh, interactive, you know, kids get occupied for hours Absolutely. doing something. And, you know, they, and they, flash. They wander into the, to, to the building next door and they're playing with volcanoes and underwater for hours. Yes. Hours. Love, I love that volcano That's thing. what we do. We actually drop flash off here on Tuesdays, you know, so we don't have to babysit them. We just let them wander the grounds for a couple of hours, leave them with a bottle of water and a cracker. How, uh, how, how do you guys figure out, obviously the dinosaurs, that's a no-brainer. But, you know, when it comes to other exhibits, certainly maybe stuff you've never done before, like powwow, how do you guys sort of make the call on, on you know, what, what you give the thumbs up to and, and what you pass on? Yeah, great, great question, you know, and, and it's really a collective of, of some of our curators, some of our directors, and, of course, our, our, our leadership here. You know, we, we, we try to plan exhibits two, three years out. Um, you know, so the, the museum itself has obviously the collections. So we're, we're coming up with ideas on how to present these collections via an exhibit. So it's a Bishop Museum original exhibit. Um, we've done something that, you know, right before Paul was installed, we had a, a Mikey no Himai surfing in Hawaii exhibit. That mm -hmm. was on Bishop Museum original where we showcased some of our most oldest surfboards um, alongside some of the more contemporary surfboards um, and the story of surfing and how it's, it's really rooted and originated in Hawaii. We also look at out, um, other exhibits or traveling exhibits that aren't Bishop, necessarily Bishop Museum originals. And the process through which we try to identify that is we try to think of what stories are they telling that we can connect back to what we're doing here at the museum or some of the collections that we have here at the museum. So for example, and I'll, I'll stick another plug in, is we're bringing in from um, uh, another museum a, a exhibition on someone tattooing. Um, that's going to be installed in one of our, not this gallery, but installed in one of our other galleries come November of this year. Mm. Our own ethnology collection has some artifacts or some collections that relate directly to that exhibit. So it makes sense for us to bring these, these exhibits in, these traveling shows in, pair them alongside with some of our own collections to, to present a show for, for, for our visitors. But uh, how do you, because um, you said you're planning exhibits two to three years out, obviously 
in anything in life, what's what's cool and like hip a pandemic, you yeah. know, or no, what? well, what, what's trending right now? I mean, y- you need to decide what people are going to be interested in two or three yeah. years down the road. Flash from now. wants to know what happened to the TikTok exhibit. How come it, it never <laughs> happened? He was ready to bust. So, h- how do you? I mean, not only stay on top of things, but but stay you know ahead of things in that way. Oh. That's the secret sauce, that, Flash. That's, that's a tough question. Are you looking for a job? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, I mean, you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a valid question, right? We, we, it's hard for us to foresee the future, but I think one of the things is staying core to what we do and staying core to what we know helps inform us of how we want to proceed, you know, moving forward, you know? So, again, you know, exhibits that will inspire, exhibits that will, you know, attract our, our, our ohana, our kamaaina here. You know, so one of the things that we, we walk into these meetings understanding at a very high level is we want to bring Bishop Museum to the world, but we also want to bring the world to Bishop Museum. So whatever falls under that category of bringing the world to Bishop Museum, which is really bringing the world to Hawaii, um, is, is fair game. You know, bringing dinosaurs is, is, is fair game. Um, bringing, you know, we, we've, we've, had, we've had a conversation on, you know, um, gridiron and, and bringing a football museum to Hawaii just because of, you know, in, in recent history, we've had a lot of, Polynesian football players coming out of Hawaii that have been making it big, not only on the NC2A scene, but also on the NFL scene. So we've had those conversations. Or maybe the biggest star in the world, The Rock. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, you know, there, there's no, there's no um, prescribed formula mm-hmm. that we have to identify how we're going to bring in traveling shows. Really, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, we, we, we get in the room and we look at the calendar, go, hey, we have an opening here. Let's start looking at some, some available traveling shows, right? Um, you know, as much as possible, again, we want to stay core to what we do and core to what we, and that what we do is we're a cultural history museum and we're a natural history museum um, mm-hmm. that, is, that wants to be relevant in the 21st century and beyond. Mm-hmm. So how do we do those things? Well, we, we, create, we create our own. Um, we partner like with Jasper and, and, and bring these things in or we look for um, other exhibits that are happening um, not just in the U- in the U.S., but across the world, and what's happening and bringing them here. That's fantastic. And J- Doctor, before we before we wrap up today, uh, maybe just to drop name drop. Talk about who was involved uh, from the museum and and who, who collaborated to make this possible. We obviously we talked to Jasper earlier and all of his artists, uh, but he did say that uh, the museum was very uh, very uh, influential in, in creating the space. Yeah, absolutely. You know, first and foremost, you know, M- Melanie Ide, she's she's our CEO and president. I mean, without her guidance and without her direction. And ultimately, without her thumbs up, we, we can't, you know, as her team, we can't go anywhere. Uh, Got to give props to our exhibits team. Um, so if you walk into this space in any other exhibit, the, these, bo- the bodega, the, the, the shops behind me don't exist. The, the pillar that's behind um, Flash doesn't exist, right? But our exhibits team built these things. Um, they've designed it and they, they've built it with, with help from Powell so that when Jasper bought his artists in, Boom, they have, they have the canvas through which to tell their story. So our, our exhibits team, uh, I believe Rachel Philbeck was, was the lead designer on that. Yeah. Brad, Brad Evans is our director of exhibits. Um, our entire public programming team, you know. We, we have an arts night coming up, um, August 20th. Free museum, um, come check us out. You know, the exhibit will be open. It's, it's free, free to, our, to our Ohana out there. Um, our public programs team put these things together. Our, you know, our partnerships team, they, they work with partners like Hawaiian Airlines to present these amazing exhibits for our community. I've, uh, I, uh, to, to, to that point, when are we going to see concerts come back on the lawn? And also, how, 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 
how are concerts tied into to what the museum does? Good, amazing question. You know, when, when, first question, when, do you, when can you expect to see concerts on the lawn? Very soon. Very soon, very soon. I, I'm, it's, it's, um, we're in constant conversations on you know, making sure we're in compliance, making sure we're following the rules. We don't want to get any, we don't want to get scoldings. We don't got any, anybody else to get scoldings. Um, but they're, they're coming back. You know, we, we, there are, our sales and events team, our facilities team is, is working hard on a day-to-day -day basis. They're getting inquiries day-to-day -day from various concert promoters about utilizing our lawn. So there's nothing um, set in stone, but I can tell you very soon. Like within the next month or two. Ooh, for sure. fantastic. Um, breaking news. Breaking news. I love it. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us of today. Uh, the Acting Vice President of Public Programs here at the Bishop Museum, Dr. Brandon K. Bunag. Thank you again thank you. For, uh, for everybody who collaborated to bring Pow Wow together. Uh, we want to especially thank Jasper Wong for talking with us today on the program. What an incredible show we had today, right? Incredible show. Thank you uh, so much to everybody. Uh, and uh, we're looking forward. I think we're going to take a few weeks off, though. This is our last show for a minute until uh, the beginning of August. Yeah, it's going to be uh, we, we, it's going to be a rough summer. We got we got other things that have kind of interrupted our summer here. So uh, for those of you that are watching the show, tuning in right now, before you do anything else, hit that subscribe button. Uh, make sure you leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought of the show. You can watch the show on demand on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter. And you can listen on your favorite podcasting app, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, uh, and uh, uh, Spotify. All the, all of the usual stuff. And Spotify. Uh, and, of course, uh, if you uh, want to hear more about the show, you can follow us at malecoandflash.com. We'll be back in August. Stay tuned for more. In the meantime, thanks for joining us here at Pow Wow at Bishop Museum.